You have found Authentic Business Adventures, a business program that brings you the struggle stories and triumphs and successes of business owners across the land. We are locally underwritten by the Bank of Sun Prairie. My name is James Kateman, entrepreneur, author, speaker, and helpful coach to small business owners across the country. And today we're welcoming slash preparing to learn from Katie Hensel, owner of Travel Made Joyful, which is the best way it should be. So Katie, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks, James. I, I love the shout out too. <laughs> <laughs> so just, I guess, so the, the crowd of viewers, listeners know, uh, I've known you, I don't know, lots of years and right. you started out with try for kids. Mm -hmm. And then can you tell us, I guess, let's go way back and talk about the transition. What made you decide to shift gears? Cause it's probably safe to say that these are not very related. Correct. I think, yeah, that's a safe bet. Um, so, so yeah, I started try for schools in 2011. So, yeah. and built that from, you know, an idea in my head to, um, an organization that, you know, had, um, you know, three full-time staff, um, and, you know, had year round programming and events and those kinds of things. And, um, you know, was doing a lot of good in, in our community in Dane County here. Um, but um, I started to just think that like, gosh, I, in order for this to be truly successful, I really need, you know, this to be able to live beyond me. And if I ever decided I wanted to do something different, um, I wanted to be able to make it so that it was something that, you know, was sustainable and would be able to live on. And so I kind of started putting a plan in place. We had a strategic planning committee that met and kind of started building in a lot of the processes that you'd need to um, make sure that a business could survive that founder syndrome, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so that started in 2019. Um, and then lo and behold, 2020 came around and we had a <laughs> pandemic to deal with. So, so we were kind of um, trying to keep things going, but also continuing to build, um, you know, on that foundation. And it was during that summer that I sort of realized uh, a couple of things, you know, I got to do a lot of traveling, um, surprisingly, during the pandemic, um, you know, a nice. lot of planning and, and things like that to make sure we could go places that were open safely. Um, and, and I realized like, gosh, not only do I really enjoy this, but like, I'm pretty good at it. You know, and we'd, uh, figured out how to like offset a lot of our costs and, um, and things like that. And, and I was just really enjoying the extra time with my kids. And, um, you know, we also kind of realized that, gosh, they're halfway to being out of the house, you know, at this point. And so I said, well, if I were to, you know, start a different career, I would really love to have it be a career that combined, you know, things that I really love to do, like travel and see new places with being able to spend a little bit more time with my kids while they, you know, want to be around me. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, we kind of, th thankfully, you know, Try for Schools was able to navigate the pandemic well and come out the other end. Um, and so in September of 2021, I kind of started a transition um, with, and we hired our new executive director who's doing a fantastic job. Um, and she made the leadership transition incredibly smooth. Um, and that's going really well. And so I realized like, well, I now can feel free to kind of start something, um, you know, in this travel industry if I want to. And so, so it was kind of, you know, like how things got started. Um, and so it did feel a little bit like starting over, but, but it was a fun place to, you know, to begin. Sure. Well, that's uh, when you start a new business, right? That's kind of the honeymoon period when you first start it, after you've been right. with it for a decade, you're kind of like in that seven year itch period, I suppose, or something. Yeah. Well, I know. And it was like, you know, everyone's like, well, what, what happened or what went wrong? And I was like, well, nothing really went wrong, but you know, do you ever just 
decide you want to do something kind of new and different. And, you know, it's kind of one of, one of those things. And, you know, you still want your, your, your baby to be in good hands, but you're like, okay, like I'm ready to, you know, we, our life is too short to, I, I think do the same thing all the time, but oh, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I, I guess from my point of view with the business, starting a business, getting the business going, rolling with it for a few years after a while, it's just like any other relationship where it kind of, you're like, I, I want to see what else is out there. Yeah. <laughs> or right. bad, right? yeah you hold on to the ones that you really need to hold on to, but it's right. good to, um, to see, you know, like, well, and it's, I mean, knowing what kinds of opportunities and things are available and knowing if it's a possibility for you. So thankfully mm-hmm. for me, um, you know, it was something where, you know, I have a really supportive husband who, you know, was, has had, had seen uh, my body of work by, you know, all the trips I'd planned for us as a family. Um, yeah. And I think coming out of the pandemic, I sort of thought, you know, I think people are going to want to travel again. I think there've been a lot of like, you know, these big realizations over the last, you know, two years um, that, you know, we've got to make the most of the time we have. And um, when it's like, when something's taken away from you, you realize how much you really love it. Like when we couldn't travel, Mm -hmm. I think people were like, oh man, like I could, my, my whole life could go by and I'd never go to Paris or, you know, like those kinds of things. So um, It's interesting yeah. you say that because there was a time that I felt, I remember getting this feeling, I was walking my dog and I'm like, I feel like I'm in a prison. It's mm. a very large prison, right? Because right. it's essentially the size of the country. Right. But still the fact that you can't go beyond those borders to see my sister in Canada or just yeah. wherever like that. I'm like, ah, oh, this sucks. Absolutely. It's like, yeah. Couldn't... I wonder how many people had those same thoughts. Like I I definitely did too, where I was like, well, I wasn't thinking I wanted to go here right now, but now knowing I can't, I'm like, now that the options taken away, you know, (laughs) sure. Interesting. So just, uh, I'm going to put a link to the first interview I did with you about try for schools. Yeah. And I don't know how long ago that was Uh, three years ago. Was that 2018? Yeah. 2018, 2019, four years ago. It's been a while. Mm -hmm. It's been a while back when we could be in the studio. A few, few things have happened since then. <laughs> yeah. So I want to ask you just really briefly, because we don't have to hold on to the try for school thing, but um, yeah. that was nonprofit. So mm-hmm. did you own it or do you sell it or what? Like how well, did the profit is sort of like owned by the people. Like it's like publicly, okay. you know, like part of the domain. So like um, a lot of people ask that question though. Um, so really like, there's no, I'm not an owner. I don't own like shares or stake in anything. So there's nothing to like sell. Um, it's just, it's just like, um, you know, passing the torch, you know, HR wise by hiring someone else and, and those kinds of things. But, um, you know, we're, they're not, uh, like bound to anything other than just like the, the, um, gosh, uh, rules of incorporation or articles of incorporation and bylaws and okay. things like that. So there's oversight that way with a board of directors, but, um, but yeah, it was um, mu- like pretty easy on, on the like legal end. So. So no money changed hands. No, nope. no, essentially it's a business, even it's a nonprofit business. There's still blood, sweat, and tears that went into that. Yes. Yeah. Value to the brand. I mean, stuff, systems, all that jazz. Yeah. Well, and it was a lot of, um, I feel like, so we had a pretty long transition. Um, you know, we hired, um, Amanda in November and until June, I had a goal of June 1st because that's when my kids get out of school and I really wanted to spend the summer, you know, like Mm -hmm. being with my kids. Um, Mm it's been a dream of mine to be able to have one summer off with them. And so it was a seven month, transition, um, where it was kind of like the two of us side by side, 
in a room or in meetings or, you know, a lot of meeting people and, you know, learning different processes going through, we got to go through almost an entire year's worth of preparation just so she could kind of shadow that process. Mm -hmm. And and I think that was really helpful. Um, You know, and then in the years prior, I'd already been kind of brain dumping um, things into documents. So there would be like processes that were documented and stuff. And I think having an operations um, director as well was helpful because there was somebody that you know, like knew a lot of those backend processes that could also help with that. So um, we've got great part-time staff that, that were also like running our events and programs. So like, you know, knowing that there was a really solid core of people involved, I think helped make that a lot smoother Um, and really allowed me, but at this point to be, you know, completely separate, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a donor and a parent and volunteer, but like, that's, that's the extent of my involvement, at least for now. Gotcha. All right. Very cool. Yeah. So then when you decided, hey, I'm going to back out or bow out of this try for school thing, did you know that you wanted to start this business or did you have like, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to start a business or were you just like, you know what this is, I'm going to be done with this and I'll figure out what I want to do later. Yeah, I definitely had an idea that this is what I wanted to be doing, um, but I really wasn't sure to like what end or what capacity. Um, my goal was, you know, I'd like for it to not be you know, as many hours. Cause I was, you know, like putting in around like 50 hours a week, I'd say. Um, and you know, I was like, I'd like to have a little bit more flexibility and, um, and things like that. But, um, I was like, I'd really love to just help people travel more because travels always been a passion of mine. Um, you know, since the first time that I went to another country and, mm-hmm. um, so I really want to be able to do that, but really the passion, um, specifically was helping people with kids, um, travel internationally because I've seen what it's done for our kids. Yeah. Um, Although I'd have to say like a lot of the people that I've been helping so far, it's really a mix of like people with kids and people without. Um, so maybe just, you know, then I, then I started to realize, well, gosh, I think the biggest hurdle for a lot of people is just time, you know, like they want to plan something, but they don't really know where to start. Or like, they've got mm-hmm. so many other irons in the fire, you know, now mm-hmm. that we're all back to, you know, probably like what life looked like pre pandemic, like there's not, doesn't leave a ton (laughs) of spare time, right. Like to, to, you know, be planning a a vacation. Um, but you know, like it's something where, and now the world looks a little different too. So like what people did before might not always work now. And, um, so so that's why I was like, well, maybe I can just help people by kind of taking one thing off their plates and like maybe what also stresses people out a ton and say like, well, I actually love this stuff. So so that's, um, so then it kind of like started focusing in on, on that piece of it. And I think that helped. Cause I was like, gosh, there's some areas I really don't want to help with, um, of travel. And then there are some that I'm really excited to help with, you know, with All right. stuff, what so. are the ones that you don't. So, um, this sounds kind of funny, but like, you know, I'm an American and, and everything, but I'm like, I don't really want to help people with domestic trips. It's not my favorite, oh, like I'll funny. do it, but I don't, I'm like, I want to help people get outside of the, sure. of the country. Cause I feel like that's where for me, at least a lot of the growth happens. Right. All like, right. Um, and so I, I would love to do that. And it's like, also the other thing is um like all inclusives and like the Mexico Caribbean, like those things, like that's not really my jam. Um, again, I can do it and I'll probably do a good job at it, but if, if it were my up to me, I would, you know, find somebody that really loved to do that stuff and have someone go do that. Like, you know, with that client. So yeah. So that's kind of like, I realized, um, you know, like national parks, like I've been to a few of them. I think they're awesome, 
but that's def I know probably very little about that compared to someone else. So like, you know, those areas where I'm like, let's find somebody that's good at that and help mm -hmm. people, you know, do that that way. But um, yeah, I want to, I want to do international stuff. Gotcha. Interesting. You know, it's interesting you say that about the all-inclusive stuff. My wife and I got married in Jamaica uh -huh. all-inclusive. Yeah. And it's so funny. Cause even though I say that I've been to Jamaica since we right. stayed at an all-inclusive resort, I feel like, I don't know if we actually saw Jamaica. <laughs> Totally. Right. Well, and that's, and again, like, you know, they're great for the purpose that you're going for, like, and every trip can have its own goals. So mm -hmm. the goal is like relax or like a destination wedding, or like, I really just want to relax with my family on a resort. I don't want to do anything. Then that's like where you should totally go. But like, you know, I have a friend that said the same thing. They went to an all-inclusive in Costa Rica mm -hmm. and they're like, I don't know that I'd say I saw or know much about Costa Rica because I was on the resort the whole time you know mm -hmm. and so for me I'm like I want people to be able to leave a trip being like wow I really feel like I experienced even if it was just a portion of a particular place like you know that they really got out and you know kind of got off the beaten path a little bit so right so I love it yeah. so you have you always traveled or did you do this as a kid or did this just evolve as you grew older and on your own, more or less. Well, so a little bit of both. So like we did um, some travel, mostly to visit family when I was younger, like a, a young kid, like my first time on a plane was seven at, at age seven. And I went to San Francisco to visit my aunt um, and wow. uncle. And, um, you know, we did the trips to Disneyland and Disney World. Um, but like when I was a, like in high school, like end of high school time um, was the first time that we kind of started going a little bit further away. Like we went on a, on a cruise. And that was, you know, it was the Caribbean, but it's still, I was like, wow, I'm in like a different country. And like, they speak Spanish primarily on this Island, you know, like, um, and so that really opened up the world to me a little bit where I realized like, wow, there are like other places and there were people working on this ship from all over. And I thought, mm. well, the more you get out and explore, the more people you meet, the more friendships and relationships you have. And, and so that was, that kind of sparked something in me where, um, then when I went to college, I had, um, been learning Spanish, but I was able to study abroad in Santiago in Chile. And I lived there for six months. And, oh, wow. and so, yeah, like, and that experience, like 100% was probably, you know, it changed my life for sure, but it was probably one of the best decisions that I ever made. Um, because while I was there, you know, I was able to like kind of fully experience and be immersed in the culture and the language and those things. Um, but also I was able to travel. I traveled to five other countries in South America when I was there and all over Chile. And, um, and so then it was like, I was hooked from there. So, nice. um, right. so that's kind of like, so it wasn't a ton when I was a kid, but it was, you know, it kind of inspired me to do more. And then you start kind of stepping out and people always talk about like the travel bug. Like once you get it, you know, yeah. you're always trying to figure out, well, where am I going to go next? You know, yeah. that is so true. I can tell you, I love to travel, but yeah. when I was, I think the first time I was on a plane was when I was 22 going to a buddy's wedding in Vegas. Right. Right. Well, so I was going to say for you, like, you know, where, I guess when you traveled, I'd be curious, like, what was it that like, cause you said you love to travel. So like, was there a particular trip where that happened or like a place you went where you were like, wow, you know? No, not necessarily. I just like meeting people and just chatting with new people, yeah. trying new food, just seeing, um, I don't, you just, you live your little secluded life and you see the same people day in and day out. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel like you forget right. there's a whole nother world out there her whole rest of the world out there. Yeah. I yeah. guess to me, it feels like the same 
as holding a minimum wage job. Mm. Like you forget that there's people that are working for whatever, seven, eight bucks an hour. Right. I don't know if they actually are anymore, but (laughs) in theory, there are people making minimum wage. Right. And you just like, you forget um, Mm -hmm. either the value of a dollar, just like you forget there's other people. You just, you become complacent. Right. Well, and on both ends of the spectrum too, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there are people where you're like, wow, there are people that are, you know, living in Monaco. And then you're like, well, there are also people living for like less than a dollar a day in, you know, like Zimbabwe and things like that. You're just like, wow, you know, like, and there, my world contains all of those people. So Mm -hmm. I just feel like the amount of experiences and knowledge and things we can gain by, you know, getting out of our comfort zone are, Mm -hmm. is just exponential, you know? Yeah, I think the people, I guess the most enjoyable people that I have to speak with or have spoken with are well-traveled. Mm. And I think that just helps them oh. from a mental point of view. They have broader experiences. Just mm-hmm. so, I guess, their their life choices and the way they go about business or the way that they make their choices, I think, are changed because they have more... Um, real-world experience, I guess. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I mean, I, yeah, I'd like to think that you know, the, the first time I saw what the United States, like an American, you know, American like perspective was, was when I studied abroad, you know, like where you get outside yourself and you can kind of look back and be like, oh, I can see how they think that, or mm. gosh, it's not really that way at all, you know, and like perceptions and stuff change so much, but um, yeah, you're, I think you're totally right. Like, I'd like to think that it helps you see things from multiple angles rather than mm-hmm. just being really narrowly focused and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. and, and primarily it seems like my biggest takeaway from travel has always been, and I don't know if you've found this, but like that the world is like in general, a good place, like full Agreed. of good people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, you're going to run into jerks everywhere, but they're few sure. and far between from what I've experienced. And mm-hmm. like most people are, you know, if someone's running after you in a foreign country, it's usually cause you drop something and they want to give it back to you, <laughs> you know, like kind of thing. So yeah, you know, it's interesting you say that, how some people just have this fear of going outside of 10 steps from their front door or something like that. Right, yeah, but then they don't even realize, like, you could get hit crossing the street, or it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it doesn't come to your mind that, like, you can, you could be unsafe anywhere, you know? Totally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So tell me about the name, Travel Made Joyful. The presupposition there is that some people have less than joyful travel. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think um, what was kind of funny is so like I was trying to come up with a name, you know, like for a while, like it's like, you know, when you ever had to write a title for a story or something and you sure. always were like, I've got the whole story, but I can't come up with a title. Um, no, I get it. So, I get it. And I was like, well, I'd really like to help make travel more fun and less work, you know, for people. Um, and I keep thinking about how like a lot of times people talk about, you know, when they're they're on a trip and they're just so stressed about like the logistics of everything or like, is everybody having a good time and whatever. Um, and so at first I was trying to I was thinking like, well, maybe like travel made easy or something. But I'm like, well, but travel a lot of times isn't easy, you know, like for a variety of reasons, but you can make it fun if you change kind of like your expectations a little bit, um, and try to think about things in a different way. And so, um, I really just wanted to like have people be excited and travel with a mindset that was one that was more of an abundance mindset. So I thought travel made joyful, um, made sense. And I thought like, when you think about it in your mind, you're like, yeah, I want to be joyful when I travel. So, (laughs) so that was, you know, I was like, it might not always be easy, but it'll hopefully almost all the time be a joyful thing, you know, maybe not in that moment, but like when you look back on it, like 
you know, a couple hours or a week or a month later. Mm -hmm. So when you started this business, I want to talk about the logistics of going from like, Hey, I like to travel. I can help people travel. Mm -hmm. I'm going to help people travel. Yeah. From that point to now I got to make money doing this. I got to market this. How do you map all that out? Do you talk with people that have already done this or do you just figure it out from scratch? Like what was your process there? Yeah, it was a little bit of both. So thankfully, um, because of, so as I try for schools, I was part of a couple different like networking groups. Um, and through one of them, I met a woman named Susan Chue and Susan is a travel agent, um, in her own right. And, um, so we went out for coffee and I, I said, you know, like, I don't know if you're looking to mentor or take on additional people, but she, you know, she said she was, cause she's like, I'm really busy, um, trying to, and she does, you know, um, very, I think like more individual, like to suffer individuals, but also then does like small group culinary focused tours around the world through her company. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I love food and I love traveling and I love people. So you sound like someone I want to spend some time around. Um, and she thankfully, you know, kind of took me under her wing and I helped her with planning trips for her clients, um, for about six months and, um, and then found out so that she, she was basically part of a global, you know, it's called the global travel collection. So she's like an independent contractor or like business owner underneath that big um, umbrella. And Mm -hmm. so I kind of decided to follow that same path, but Susan was great and kind of showed me the ropes for like six months or so before, you know, like I kind of went on my own. And the great thing is like, we still kind of collaborate because um, her specialty areas aren't the same as mine. Um, Mm -hmm. So we can refer clients to each other and, and things like that. So like, um, you know, like I kind of was able to follow her lead a little bit, which was, which was very helpful. Um, Yeah. So like, I, I wasn't able to, or I didn't have to, you know, kind of start from scratch completely. Um, but I was very thankful for the connection because that, you know, just allowed me to, um, kind of get some experience, but like get some on on like a training wheels basis first. (laughs) So do you use her the same system that she does or that whole? Yeah, we we use like the same, you know, like booking software, you know, for various things. And like, you know, the same, we have, access to all the same stuff. Um, but I have still learned like it's a relationships game more than anything else, you know? So like, you know, a lot of times it's developing relationships with people in other countries or in other companies that, you know, can really help. Like if you are looking for a particular thing. Um, mm-hmm. so that I think is what's going to take me some time, um, is trying to, you know, figure that out. Um, and then the other kind of piece, as far as like, really honing the brand and the marketing, um, was when we were for, with try for schools, we went through, um, uh, we call it, the, it was called the story brand methodology. Donald Miller writes the oh, yeah. being a story or, um, yeah. building a story brand. Mm-hmm. And I, I like totally resonated with his system. And so I bought the book. Um, and so it was kind of like, I, I literally like took a notebook and read the book and made a bunch of notes and kind of went through the process on my own. And then I was able to use that to build like my website and just kind of build like the, the content and things I wanted to do with social media. Um, but it was really nice not having the pressure to immediately be like, okay, I got to be making X dollars in the first month in order to make sure that I, you know, can feed myself and my family. Um, mm-hmm. so like I was able to kind of just build by, um, you know, kind of getting the word out. And, um, and one of the ways I did that was actually with my trip to Jordan because I wanted to make a big splash. So that was honestly probably my most marketing dollars was investing in going on that trip. Um, well, that doesn't that hurt. I started. Well, yeah. I wish you could market my business. Nice like marketing <laughs> yeah. Strategy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
but that was with Susan. So she actually led that trip and I wanted, I got to learn from her, you know, on the trip, but also kind of make it a little like launching pad for, you know, for my business as well. So, all right. Um, yeah. So that was really cool. So were you with that specific trip to Jordan? Were you with a, like a bus full of people? No. So that's the thing that I wanted to learn about because like, I was fascinated by Susan's, you know, small group tours that she led because I've only ever traveled with my family or by myself or whatever. I've never traveled as part of like an official group. Mm -hmm. And that gives people, I think for the most part, like group travel, gross. Like I'm just going to be on a bus and wear a name tag the whole time. And yeah, I think of the Beavis and Butthead movie where they're going to Washington DC with all the old people. Yep, exactly. And I was like, that's definitely not the most authentic way to like see a place or, you know, to like really feel like you got your own experience, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so what's, what, what she does is it's, she curates these really small groups of people and they're usually people that get a, will we'll get along, you know, like maybe they're have th- certain things in common or whatever. Um, and then it's like, maybe, so we had eight people total on our trip, okay. so really small. Um, so it was enough for a van essentially. So, um, so we were part of a group, but it was, you know, like it was, it felt like honestly, like a just bigger family trip, you know? And, and I didn't know more than just Susan, um, before I went obviously and my son who, mm-hmm. who came with me. Um, but like by the end of the trip, honestly, it was like, I had a whole bunch of new friends. So like, that oh, nice. was um, right. and I was like, you know, if you get the right mix of people, let's say you even travel with two or three families, which is kind of what I'm hoping to do. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a small group, but you know, all the people, you know, so it's like, sure. a, a you know, really could be like five people or something. So, all right. Yeah. So that was super cool. When you explain what you do, I imagine people are like, wait, so you're a travel agent. Absolutely. That like every single time. (laughs) I feel Um, like with, with calls on call, I get that. So you're, you're an answering service. I feel like ah, nails on a chalkboard kind of thing, but I get where you're coming from. Right. So tell me, how do you answer when somebody's like, oh, you're a travel agent? Right. So yeah. There, and what's funny is oftentimes people are like, oh, so you're just a travel agent. And I'm like, just I, I love when they put that. Yeah, I know. Like, and I got that for like nonprofit things too. I'm like, they're like, oh, so you just like run kids events. I was like, <laughs> you know, and you're like, cause it's that easy. Hold on. Yeah. But like, I'm just swallowing all my anger and rage right now. Um, <laughs> but no, like, so, so it's funny because we're like, oh, so you're like a travel agent. And I'm like, Yeah. I was like, but you know, like I was like, but I try to make every experience very unique and catered to each family. So I always say I'm like, yeah, but you know, and then it's a, it's funny because I think people in their heads have, again, they have a picture of like what that is, right. It's a Mm -hmm. brick and mortar where you have a bunch of brochures and you come and you pick one, you know? Um, and so I say like, you know, it's funny, there's all these cool buzzwords like bespoke and whatever, and like customized, whatever. But, but I'm, so I try to be like, well, yeah, except that, you know, I really focus more on just like your individual family and every trip I create is unique. So, you know, based on what you guys want to do. And the cool thing is, um, you know, like, because I know, you know, almost every single person that I'm planning trips for right now, or they're a friend of a friend, like, you know, there's a vested interest in a, on a trust built there, like on mm-hmm. both ends, hopefully. So, so I think that's, nice. you know, maybe a little bit of a differentiator. So I try to focus on those things, but you're All like, right. you hit it right on the head. <laughs> <laughs> expectation, <laughs> expectation yeah. here. Um, one of the other questions that I have for you is when somebody comes to you, you're like, Katie, I want to go travel, see the world. 
Mm-hmm. Do they typically have an idea of where they want to go or are they looking to you for suggestions? Usually people have an idea of where they want to go. Um, and in general, like, or they, or they say like they give a climate or a geography or something like I have something to go on. Mm. Um, but what's interesting is oftentimes people, a lot, I'm doing a ton of Europe, like right now, like first time oh, nice. trips to Europe for people. And what's funny is I almost have to, like, you got to rein people in. Cause I think people see on a map, they see Europe and they're like, oh my gosh, all these countries are so close together. We can see you know, six of them in, in 12 days. And I'm like, okay. So, you know, so a lot of it is kind of, <laughs> you could, but you'd be moving right. I was time. like, you could, but you would hate yourself and me, you know, like afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a lot of it is like trying to maybe like rein in expectations and also, you know, maybe like talk a little bit about like mindset and helping people understand, like, you know, how to get to and from, because a lot of times it's, you know, like they, they're really ambitious and I'm like, you know, but let's think like, if you came to the United States for, you know, a week, you probably wouldn't try to hit, you know, five States. You'd probably say like two, maybe three, depending on the number of times, you you know, like time you have, um, you know, and it's similar like that with Europe, the States are like countries, you know, so Mm -hmm. trying to help people understand, except with Europe, there's a lot of mountains in between. (laughs) It's not, you know, like, I'm like, look at, turn your map on geography or like topography mode. So you can Mm -hmm. see that's why it's going to take so long to get from here to there, you know, Yeah. I was was watching a video on Spain and talking about how Spain has Mm -hmm. lots of people, but all in very concentrated places. Right. And it's like, cause we have mountains. Yep. <laughs> they put like, them well, all over weird. here. There's yeah. A whole lot of nothing. So yeah. Um, so it's, it's kind of fun because you get to kind of be part of somebody's like learning process. Mm-hmm. And I guess what I'm still also figuring out is like, I want to recommend things. That's why people are coming to me. Right. But at the same time, some of these things, you just have to learn by being in it and doing it yourself, you know, and like um, my pace isn't always everybody's pace, you know? And like, I guess I, in general move at a fast pace, but I try to slow down a little on, <laughs> on vacations because like, I don't want to be packing up my suitcase every other day, you know? Right. Um, but some people they're, they're okay with that. But I think like, if we want to be responsible and mindful travelers and really grow from the experience, like it's awesome to be able to just spend a little bit more time everywhere we go, you know? Mm-hmm. That's fair. Very good yeah. point. Very yeah. good point. So how do you market your new business? Um, well, right now it's a lot of, um, I mean, I'd say on social is where I'm getting a lot of, you know, people and inquiries and stuff like that. And then I'll, I'll, otherwise it's word of mouth and referrals, um, from people. Um, there are a lot of options as a travel, you know, um, travel advisor, I think is the now new word people advisor, are advisor. I love it. All right. right. Um, but like, you know, so you can do a lot of like, um, referral like things, you know, through this, this, uh, you know, big global company that I'm a part of as well. But like, um, I'm mostly just doing it for, you know, family, friends, you know, people like that, um, you know, for now. So, so that's how it's working. And I guess I'm hoping, um, that as people start traveling and they have awesome experiences, um, that then maybe they'll either refer a friend like that'll continue, or they'll be a repeat customer, um, and want to come back for their next trip. Gotcha. Fair. Yeah. So that's the goal right now anyway. (laughs) All right. I love it. So tell yeah. me about the process. Somebody comes to you and they're like, Katie, I want to travel and I want to go see 
France. I don't know, <laughs> whatever. Something yeah, like actually, that. I'm working on two France trips today. So <laughs> oh, nice. Perfect. Yeah. I, I had no idea. So <laughs> um, tell me about the process, about how you take that. Like you want to go to France and spit out a trip on the other end of that machine. Yeah. So, so I kind of gave people a couple options with, um, when, with setting things up because sometimes, um, their needs, like sometimes they need everything, you know, from A to Z. And then other times they're like, we already have, you know, this, this, and this booked, or we know we're going to be here for this portion and we just need your help with this portion. Um, and so, you know, I kind of have like an hourly, like a consult sort of like option where, you know, I'll just kind of do like a particular portion of a trip for somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I also have like a full like planning, like I will plan everything for your trip. Um, and then that works slightly differently. So there's like a flat fee that just covers like uh, basically an interview session, like a planning session. Um, and then it covers things like uh, I have an app that people can use, like where I'll organize everything for their trip that they can use. And, and it's everything in one place. Um, nice. And then otherwise it's hourly based on how far out their trip is. So like if someone comes to me and they want to travel in February, I'm going to have to, you know, I want to, I want to help them. Right. But it, that's going to make me reprioritize everything else that I'm working on. And so mm -hmm. like if your trip is a year from now, I've got way more time. And so if you come to me with advance notice, you will pay less. So, um, so that's kind of the, the, um, the way that I'm doing it now. And then I always try to give people an estimate of like, um, after that initial meeting, here's how long I think this would take you know, and then I give them a budget and say like eight to 10 hours and the rate is this, you know, cause your trip starts here. Mm -hmm. Um, and then make sure that they have that information up front. And then, you know, I always then will let them know like when I'm getting close to that, because I think with people's kind of hesitancy towards using a travel advisor, I think a lot of it stems from like, how are you getting paid? Or like, how do I know you're not pushing me towards things where you get commission and sure. like that kind of stuff. And so I feel like if you take those pieces out and you're like, look, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm working hourly. So that, and, and like, that sort of frees me up to just be like, here's the best thing for you, you know? And if it's an Airbnb where I get nothing out of it, that's fine. Cause like, I just want to be paid for my time, you know, mm -hmm. like, um, rather than being like, well, I don't get paid if you, you know, with, for all the rail tickets I'm booking for you, but I still need to do it. Cause you're going to five cities. Like it starts to, you know, like, I think it, it, it just puts everybody on a more equal playing field. Um, sure. so that's kind of like how the structure is set up, but like with every client that wants to do a full trip, like with me, I set up an hour, like interview and like learning session, which is mostly just me asking them all kinds of questions. Cause I want to know like why they're going on this trip. What do they want to learn? What stresses them out on trips? Like some of those kinds of things. Um, and I mm -hmm. think a lot of times people just don't go to that level, but that to me is where you know, you can really make or break somebody's trip. Gotcha. So is this, these systems, these questions and all that jazz, is that something that you came up with on your own through mm -hmm. your travels or is this from um, some Yeah, other a lot of it is stuff that like I, you know, made, so I made up the whole interview process. Um, and it was like, so for a long time, like a year, I had a notebook and anytime I had a question of like, Ooh, this would be a good thing to ask people. I would just write it down. So I oh, actually nice. still, it's called, you probably can't see it, but it's my big, oh, it's my big ideas notebook. Huh. Um, so, but it's, uh, I kind of came up with all the questions just based off of like things I've learned or when, so I've gone on a lot of trips with um, other family members. So like multi-generational trips or whatever. And a lot of it was like learnings from those trips of like, oh, 
we should have known that like, you know, so-and-so is not a morning person or that like, so-and-so <laughs> really wanted to do this hike. And we're all talking about doing these other things. And this person didn't get the one thing that they really wanted to do. So like oh, gotcha. bring people okay. together, make sure everybody's on the same playing field and gets a chance to hear each other mm-hmm. too. Cause it's like where I've seen trips go South, including some of my own, um, in various moments is like, people just weren't on the same page, you know, and like, or people were rushed and they didn't want to be rushed like that. All right. All right. So we I don't have a ton of time left. Horror but... stories too, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I can definitely, definitely imagine. Yeah. Tell me some of the tips for traveling that you could share with people from all your experiences, things that you've learned, maybe the hard way. Yeah, sure. I know. Right. Well, it's like, I think, again, those are the times that we probably learn the most, right. Are the ones that, you know, like didn't go well. Um, so like, I guess for me, the first one is sort of the the repeat. I mentioned this one earlier, but like when you're going to, um, a new country or countries, you're going on a trip, I'd say, I always say like, take the number of days you have on the ground, like not including your travel days and divide by three. And that should be your benchmark for like, if we're going somewhere for 12 days, we're going to pick four at most like places to visit. Um, mm. because you, I think people tend to, again, underestimate the amount of time it takes to get to and from each place. And so, you know, so that'd be one big tip, um, for me. And, and I guess another one would be like, think about who's going on your trip and really take everybody's, you know, like activity level and interests and stuff into consideration. Um, because, with, I've learned from traveling with our kids that like, they're not going to be able to move at the same pace as us and their Mm -hmm. interests are, you know, different. Um, and so if I would have had all my own list of like things I want to see and like, just drag them along on the trip, like that's not really fun for them. And it's not really fun for me, you know, then either. So, (laughs) so trying to like shift what you're doing based on who you're with and like, you know, their interests and, and things like that, I think is, um, another, important tip. Um, and I guess another one, um, that I would say is like, be open to trying new things, you know, like, cause I think a lot of times, like, you know, it's so like, I'm not much of an, um, museum person. Uh, <laughs> I know, I'm like, I feel like I make myself sound le- uncultured when I say sure, that, but sure. like, I'm not the one to read all the plaques, right? Right. I was like, oh man, I don't want to spend all day looking at, you know, but, um, I went to a museum and instead, um, I had read something about like how you can hire, guides to like guide you through, you know, like different, different museums and stuff. And oftentimes like you'll learn a lot more because you just have the right person sharing stuff and anything can be interesting if you know what you're looking at or, you know, Mm -hmm. what you're doing. And, um, so being open to like exploring new things, but then maybe just doing it in a different way. Um, you know, so I think like that is, uh, is another like good tip because I think like we kind of short ourselves when we're like, well, I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that, you know? And you're like, well, but what if this city is particularly famous for one of those two things? And like, why sure. are you there? You know, like, um, so yeah, that's, that's, I guess another, another one that I've kind of learned. That's so funny. I'm trying to think where my wife and kid were at. If we were in, man, I want to say it was St. Louis. Mm-hmm. I don't know for sure <laughs> what town we're in, but Anyways, this was a few years ago. It was pre-pandemic. And we went, um, there's a famous art museum I want to check out. Mm-hmm. And I went in there. And so my kid had to be six, five, six years old, something like that. Uh-huh. And he's like, this has got to be the most boring thing that we right. have ever seen. Right. And it's it exactly- kind of funny because I like I did, I took art history classes and stuff like that when I was in college. So it was kind of, a lot of it was interesting, not a ton. But right. 
it was well that's I'm glad to hear you say that because I was like as soon as you said you were art history I was like oh no I've totally outed myself to James as like a you know no 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 no. (laughs) my wife makes fun of me because I'm the guy when we go to a museum I'm reading every single plaque right right and she's just like huh a rock got it yeah (laughs) moving on you know moving on and I'm like Mm -hmm. no don't you get it because I read this plaque right this is a moon rock whatever what right. actually had to happen for that rock to get in this place and be stored here and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's like, where like, it's like, I, I realize you know, you can look at, you can be interested in those things for, you know, but most kids it'll be for like an hour max. And then they're like, all right, cool. I'm done. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't even know if we got that. Maybe 15 yeah. minutes. <laughs> right. But it's like, there's so many cool things now that you can do. Like, so I mentioned the guide, but like, um, I, I'm working with a family that's going to Paris and they, they want to go to the, the Louvre. And there is, um, there's a company that does essentially like treasure hunts through the oh. loop for kids, oh. like geared to diff- towards different ages and things like that. So like you can actually, you know, so you're engaging your kids because like, Hey, let's give them a cool thing to like a scavenger hunt. Like most kids will be engaged in that. And like, I, and people learn like while they're having fun, but they don't realize it, you know, but it's just like oh. a way to engage people. And then it's like the parents get to still see the art but the kids yeah. are engaged too so it's like trying to like look at things in a different way or you know like do that oh other tip i have to put this out there because like honestly my favorite way to see a new city is to eat food like in that place oh, you amen know? To like, that. i spend way too much time probably like coming up with like okay here are the 50 restaurants you should see in your four-day trip when you're there but like <laughs> you're never gonna do it but but anyway like Um, we usually do a food tour in every city that we go to. Um, and we do it on like maybe the first or second day because, you know, you get your, the lay of the land, you know, a little bit, and then you get to kind of like one sample, a bunch of the local things. So you feel like you've like learned something and you get to eat it too, which is the best kind of learning. Um, Mm -hmm. and then three, you've got these cool places that you could probably get back to, or like go check out again later you know, like in your trip where you're like, oh, we could go back here for dinner or like we could go hit up this bakery for breakfast, you know, another day. And, yeah. um, and then, you know, it's just kind of cool to just know, like know some things, you know, like part of the un- discomfort of being in a new place is you're like, I don't know where anything is. I don't know if this is good or not, you know, but if you go on a food tour, they're not going to take you to bad places. So. Interesting. It reminds yeah. me when we went, uh, my buddy and I go to a different town every year. Um, Just the two of us knock out four days and we both travel oh, very cool. quickly. I love that. Uh, we ended up in Boston uh, quite a few years back. Wonderful. And we asked the cab driver, Uber driver, whatever, um, mm-hmm. where to check out. And I remember he's like, you got, you had lobster tails? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? No. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you got to check them out. So we were expecting lobster tails. Right. And there's an Italian pastry place that's open 24-7, 365. I think it's 365, whatever. It was 24-7 when we were there. Yeah. And lobster tails are this huge stuffed pastry with this Whoa. huge pavement. Huge. Well, that sounds amazing. Uh, we went there every night. Yeah. So we made <laughs> it was so funny because we right? would end the night after, you know, food, drink, whatever. Three in the morning, we're getting <laughs> getting um donuts. Like, gotta or hit whatever. up our get, a, get our lobster tail for the day. Yeah, it was crazy because we met some super cool people there. Cause even three, four in the morning, this place right. is bustling. 24 seven. I mean, it's like, yeah. yeah. Also it's like, you can always just follow the, like, Hmm, look for the like line of localish people out the door, you know, mm-hmm. and it's probably a decent place. Like we did that in Jordan and one of the places in Amman. And I was like, 
look at this line. And it was for like this, um, awesome dessert pastry thing that people had or whatever. And I was like, well, obviously we're standing in here and uh, it did not disappoint. So yeah. Nice. Line, I guess. <laughs> Love it. What is the, your favorite place that you've been to? So that's tough, obviously, but, um, we're tough okay, three, so, if that's easier. All right. So yeah, I'll give you top three. So, so, um, it may sound cliche and I don't really know why, but, but Paris is my absolute favorite place. Um, just because you can go there and, you know, in any neighborhood, your day is totally different. Um, but you don't have to really do anything to really enjoy the city, right? Like just walking around in Paris is a joy, you know, like for me and, um, and it's, I've been there four times and it's different every single time. And there's always stuff to do. Um, wow, that's incredible. Like, so I love that. Um, and, but like the country, I suppose that my, my favorite overall trip that I've had so far is South Africa. Um, and we did a safari and it was probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen um, or done. Just, you know, getting up and it's dark out and we're watching like a pride of 20 lions and their cubs, you know, wow. like, just things I will never, ever forget. But the, in um, the Cape, in the Cape Winelands that are just um, inland from Cape Town are beautiful. Like, I, I was like, how does nobody know about this? You know, but like, <laughs> incredible food and wine and things like that. And then Cape Town's gorgeous. So like, um, South Africa is a country I want to take more people back to. So that's, um, when I start my small group trips, that's a place that I, I want to start, um, is in South Africa. Um, nice. and then, um, my favorite place that our family has been was Australia. Um, and we only were, we were there only for like a couple of weeks. So we, we saw Sydney, we spent a week in Sydney and then we spent a week up by the great barrier reef. Um, but like, I'm, I actually got a, an Australia certification through their department of tourism. And so we, we loved it because it was, I mean, Australia was just beautiful, good food, good weather, wonderful people, lots of nature, like ability to be outside almost all the time. Um, but there is so much to do in that country. Like, so, so I was like, I want to go back so I can explore all the different regions and stuff now. Nice. Um, but all those right. are probably my top three. All right. And how about travel tips just universally? Yeah. Um, okay. So one is be adaptable. Like just be, you, you're gonna, you don't, don't get too caught up in your itinerary because like things will go wrong that are out of your control. And like, that's maybe a hint for life, but I feel like we've all learned that right. A lot in the last few years, <laughs> but I think, yeah, being adaptable and just knowing that, like, you know what, we can be upset about something when it goes wrong for a little bit, but then we're going to have to figure something else out, you know? So like trying to just move on and be like, what can we do here? You know? And like, I think letting it go and being like being action or, you know, solutions oriented will, will help you in a number of circumstances. Um, so that's probably my number one. And then honestly, this, the other one is just be kind, just be nice, you know, like, um, cause it'll probably get you a lot further. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it just feels better because also like you're a representative of your country, you're representative of, you know, like of so many things, like when you travel. And so, you know, if you share kindness, like that's going to leave an impression on somebody, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, and I guess if I had one more, if you have kids, bring them along. Um, because like people are just a lot nicer in general when kids are involved, you know, like every place we've taken our kids, people are just so unbelievably kind to them. Oh, um, sure. And, and I think they're more patient with us too, because we have our children with us. And so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so like, I think, and, and just expose them to, to new places and new people and, and different things. So like, um, our kids, they love to, they'll eat 
pretty much anything you put in front of them. Um, and I don't know many kids that will say that, but we've been bringing no. them everywhere, you know, and being like, just try it. You don't, if you don't like it, you don't have to have more, but just try it. And right. they'll try everything. And oftentimes they're like, oh, wow, I like this. And sometimes it's stuff they wouldn't eat at home, but they eat it when they're over in a new country because right. they're like, I, there's open to trying more new things. So sure. yeah. not every place has chicken nuggets, huh? Right. Exactly. Well, and also like oftentimes it's like, you know, like in, in France, for example, it's like kids meals are, it's usually like chicken or something like that. But like, you know, they'll eat, they'll get kind of similar food. It's just presented differently. And sure. then suddenly it's like, it starts this like, Oh, cool. Like I can eat all different kinds of things, you know? Mm -hmm. I love it. And then final question before we get going here, Yeah, you're on an airplane for different opinions, right? Do you mm -hmm. talk to the person next to you? Hmm. Oh man, that's interesting that you have to delay. On yeah. So what's funny is like, I'll usually say hello, but I am not really one to strike up conversation with people on a plane. Um, really? Yeah. It might be because oftentimes I'm traveling with my husband or with my kids. And so I'm usually like, uh, my husband and I get a chance to finally talk like the two of us. Cause oftentimes All we're right. like, choo, 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 you know, so I'm like, yay, we get to like actually sit and talk to each other uninterrupted for several oh, hours um, or helping with my kids. But, um, but I'm usually not the person to start the conversation. If somebody talks to me, like oftentimes I'll, you know, respond back and I'm always kind. Um, but I'm not usually like a, let's make friends, you know, and be friends with it. <laughs> but also I kind of really love being, I never get to watch movies. So if there's oh. movies on a plane, I'm like, yes, I'm going to watch all the movies I've missed for the last six months, you know? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. it's like my me time i don't know are you you probably are the person that does talk to the person next to you i will try yeah and i'll I'll just base it on their body language or anything if i keep it going or not right uh but then there's sometimes like the last trip uh it was interesting flight um i was in the middle which sucks yeah um and the guy next to me um, he was a rock. I don't even know if he was alive at, had a right. pulse at the end of that flight. Yeah. Sometimes those are funny stories. <laughs> yeah. He didn't, he didn't want to talk at all. He, like I said, Hey, how's it going when I came in to get the seat? Yeah. Um, and I think I got a grunt back. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever, but I ended up talking to the woman that was sitting next to me for a little bit. You could tell like, she was just like, whatever. So mm -hmm. I was like, Hey, how's it going? But then we got talking about something and then he like perked up. It's like, oh, really? no, you don't want to talk, buddy. Back at dawn. Well, I know you're like, wait a minute, go back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he didn't say anything, but you, you could tell like he was clearly eavesdropping in the, I guess he was six inches away from us. So it's probably, yeah, I different. know. Right. It's like, it's almost impossible not to at that point, but yeah, I just feel like if we're going to touch elbows for three hours, maybe I should know your name. Right. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm like, I've never, I don't think I've ever had like bad conversation with someone no. there. You know, no. like um, on, on a plane, it's like sometimes it's, you know, it's always it's like somebody that's usually just getting somewhere or, you know, they've got a kind of interesting yeah. story or those kinds of things. But um, yeah, the people that are like loud snorers or like those things always make for a good story <laughs> afterwards, too. So right. <laughs> I hope I'm not a loud snorer, but who knows? No one I know, told right? me. You'll never know. One time I fell, I did the head bob thing, fell asleep, you know, did that thing where you fall asleep and then you wake up suddenly. Yeah. And I. I like shot both of my arms out to the side. So I like hit the person on the side of me. And I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Reasons to get the window seat. Yeah, exactly. They're like ah, trapped in there. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that <is so> funny. <laughs>
Yeah, but I guess in the end, I like getting people's story. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, here we are. Yeah, uh, no, you're like, I feel like, and you're one of the most social people I know and like kindest and friendliest. So it's like, I'm sure you're, you have probably made a positive impact on a lot of people's lives. Well, I hope so. I guess I was going to say you probably take that to a level that I can't even touch. So, oh. <laughs> well, that's very nice of you to say. I hope like, you know, again, like there is like this nonprofit like mentality that's like, I just want to make the world a better place, you know, mm-hmm. and like, I'm sort of learning that like you can do that and not just run a nonprofit. Like you can do those things and and a profit as well, but like, you're still doing good. So it's like, it's been a neat growth experience for me, I guess. Fair, Totally fair. I love it. Well, Katie, thank you so much for being on the show. Tell us where can people find you? Sure. Well, thanks so much for having me too. I really appreciate it. I always love talking with you. Um, so you can find me at travelmadejoyful.com. Um, and then I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at travelmadejoyful. Um, and we just started a YouTube channel as well. So my son nice. and I, so, um, you can search travel made joyful on YouTube and find us there. Awesome. Travelmadejoyful.com. I love it. Thanks. This has been authentic business adventures, the business program that brings you the struggle stories and triumph successes of business owners across the land. We're locally underwritten by the bank of Sun Prairie. If you're listening to this on the web or watching it, of course, you can do us a huge favor, give the big old thumbs up, hit that subscribe button. And of course, check out that other video by Katie and leave comments below, letting Katie know where you would love to travel, where you have traveled. And if you talk to people on the airplane, always good to know. (laughs) My name is James Kateman and Authentic Business Adventures is brought to you by Calls on Call, offering call answering and receptionist services for service businesses across the country on the web at callsoncall.com. And of course, the Bold Business Book, book for the entrepreneur and all of us, available wherever fine books are sold. We'd like to thank you, our guests. I'm sorry, we'd like to thank you, our listeners, as well as our guest, Katie Hensel, owner of Travel Made Joyful. Katie, can you tell us that website one more time? Sure, it's travelmadejoyful.com. Awesome, all one word, no dash. All one word. Oh, that is super cool. You got that domain. I know. I was like, got to snap that up. <laughs> Kudos to that. Past right. episodes can be found morning, noon, and night. The podcast link found at drawincustomers.com. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next week. I want you to stay awesome. And if you do nothing else, enjoy your business.